Welcome to Build with Rob. I am Rob Deerdeck, founder and CEO of the Deerdeck Machine, a one-of-a-kind venture creation studio where we systematically fuse art, science, and magic to manufacture amazing companies. This is a show where we profile all aspects of our process we call the machine method. And this week, we are deep in the discovery phase. Uh, as part of the discovery phase, we take on pitches from people throughout the world through our website, and always searching for different opportunities uh, in many different ways. But for the most part, it takes a lot for us to to find something that we really like. And, and sometimes these entrepreneurs and aspiring do-or-dyers really, really have cool ideas that I want to connect with them and give them advice and help them and and give them the knowledge that I have to help them shape their ideas and potentially evolve them into to more investable businesses. And in this episode, uh, we got a handful of great entrepreneurs and and with some great questions that that really, you know, if I can be uh, you know, like a rich uncle. I'm like your mentor. You know, how how can I use my experience to help you? You know, and one thing that I've been thinking about a lot lately is is how people approach getting investment capital. And I like to say money loves clarity. And and what do I mean by that? I mean that uh, when someone is investing in you, they are investing in you with the hope of creating a return on their investment. They are looking to make money from investing in you. And the clearer that path to a return on that capital is for them, the more likely they are to invest. You know, And for some reason, so many different people think that, oh, I'm going to lead with my passion and my story and and sort of how much I think this is going to change the world. And a lot of times that passion just ends up confusing an investor because the whole time they're listening to the pitch, they're trying to determine a lot of different things. They're trying to understand the idea. They're trying to, to sort of validate it in their mind as you share it with them. When you're sharing market size and and the consumer size and and all these different things that lead to the potential size of the business, they are looking to understand it. And when you present your financial side of the business, it should make a lot of sense to an investor. And, you know, a lot of times people think their passion uh, will lead the way and that people will just want to invest in them. That's more people like how I used to be, where it's all brand over everything and idea over everything. Trust me, I'm the one to bring this alive. It's going to be so big, right? Uh, speaking in all these vague terms, when the reality of it is, is investors want to find that simplicity on the far side of complexity. They want to understand that you understand if they give you a certain amount of money that you're going to take that money and be able to create a product or a service that produces a clear amount of money uh, that nets a margin that against your operational costs potentially one day can lead to a profitable business that either can share a dividend or can be acquired. You know, And, and I think a lot of times people confuse their message and then try to talk fast about the numbers or how the numbers are related to the vision and they lose investors. And to me, I just think everybody should, should really consider the financial story 
and the plausibility of that financial story as the most important aspect of your pitch, you know, and because your numbers can really be a red flag to investors. The way you speak about your numbers can be a red flag to investors. You know, when you come in and you're like, I've got this incredible product, you know, I've been a fitness trainer for the last 20 years and I saw this opportunity to create this pre-workout that has this all natural bean that I found in, in Guadalajara, uh, that they use in their coffees for when they're fishing and it gives you this extra energy and gives you more strength for a stronger workout without a crash. You have some amazing innovative product and and here's where you found it and, and here's why you need it for your motivation and your clients and you saw this opportunity. It fits perfectly between a five-hour energy and pre-workout and not as hard to drink as a coffee and not as sugary as an energy drink. You got it all lined up. And then you tell them it's going to do 85 million in the first year and 225 in the second year. And they're out. They're out. You, they literally, in one statement, they felt your passion all the way. And in one statement, they know this guy has no idea how to build a business. Because anyone that's built a business or understands the complexities of bringing a product to market knows that you cannot do $85 million in the first year. And I think it's that sort of aspect of almost what I think from product and brand people especially is when you are so confident in your idea and you think you're going to hire somebody to understand the numbers. And, and it just will never work like that. You ultimately have got to be able to get to the point where you share a very concise financial opportunity to an investor and your passion and your innovation and your relationship with the market and all of these other aspects of your product are, are going to be the reason why the financial story that you're building and sharing is going to work. And, and I just think for even you as an entrepreneur, um, making sure that you, you enter the process of knowing that I have got to learn all aspects of how this business functions together and how that aspect of functionality relates to the the financial viability of this business so that you can ultimately talk about all aspects of your business in total confidence in a super simple way because when you can really easily tell an investor that here, here's the opportunity here's why we believe it has a unique value proposition and why it's white space here's who it's for this is how many people we think we can sell it to this is where we're going to sell it this is how much we're going to sell it for this is how um, we're going to market it and believe uh, this is the cost structure behind operating the business and together if we can just open with a hundred stores and uh, you know a hundred core customers Customers online and slowly grow, we can get to a $10 million business in, in year three uh, with a 15% EBITDA. You know, it, it's when you can just talk through the entire pathway in a concise, simple way, that's when you're going to have an investor get excited and be willing to invest in you because you 
have so much clarity in your opportunity and the pathway for that opportunity to be a success that you will actually be able to convince that investor that you really fully understand the opportunity. And if they give you money, you're going to turn their money into more money. That is what investors want. Why I say it forever The easiest way to get someone to invest in you is when they fully understand and believe in the idea in a concise pitch. Money loves clarity. Okay, look, uh, let's jump right into it. Uh, You know, going to learn a lot of great stuff today. Some great entrepreneurs that are that have some really unique ideas and some great questions. And you know, I love doing this. I love talking to different people about their ideas. I love helping them. Um, I love just experiencing people's energy and their dreams. So without further ado, let's jump right into it. Hey, Dear Deck Machine, my name is Thaddeus Lorenz, and I'm the creator and founder of Tourney, which is a mobile application that allows extreme sports athletes, companies, and brands to be able to host their own virtual contests. A little bit about me, I'm currently working at Deloitte as an IT business operations analyst, particularly within the cloud technology field. I'm also an iOS or Apple app developer and recently graduated from Penn State with a degree in IT and a business minor. For the past six years, I've conceptualized, designed, and launched four different extreme sports startups, all within the video contest realm. It all boils down to why I'm a do or dyer. Rob, I've been a huge fan of you uh, ever since your skating days uh, and through ridiculousness. I really do admire uh, you you as an entrepreneur. Um, and as someone that I would love to be able to work with. I saw your recent video on impact theory and it really resonated with me. Being able to outline a goal and then figure out the different milestones that you need to reach to achieve that goal. I mean, literally every night before I go to bed, I put in my journal, what are the three milestones that I need to achieve tomorrow so that I can be one step closer to my 100 day goal. What I do is I analyze, okay, I need to reach out to X amount of customers. I need to improve this part of the app. I need to be able to work with different developers to expand on a certain feature within the app. I need to work with Jack to figure out what's the next design or feature that's going to increase retention or user acquisition. And what I can do is every 10 days, I come back and I say, okay, have these goals been achieved? What is working? What's not working? It's always with tinkering with your day and how you can become more efficient that you can really take that bigger step towards achieving your goal. To really nail in why I'm a do or dire, I moved to Santa Monica six months ago from the East Coast because I really did believe in this product enough that I needed to be in the same energy and space as where people were creating services and creating startups. I need to be around it. So I moved out here in full confidence knowing that I could take this app and I can scale this thing. So Rob and whoever else is watching this on the Deer Deck Machine team, I really appreciate your time and I really hope that you guys will be interested in, in working together so that we can really launch this app and show the world what we're made of. So thank you for your time. I appreciate it. Hopefully I'll talk to you soon. Thaddeus Lorenz, welcome to Build with Rob, man. How you doing? Hey Rob, I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. Appreciate the opportunity. Hey, look, I, I appreciate the the pitch and super interesting, you know. Uh, I, I'd love to hear uh, sort of your 60-second sort of overview of what the concept is and, and kind of what you sent into us for for everybody listening to kind of understand. Sure. Yeah, so uh, Tourney, it's a mobile app that allows extreme sports athletes and companies to host their own virtual contests. Um, one of the biggest problems we noticed was that uh, video contests that are out there right now they're really long and they can be boring, like, you know, like two minute long submissions and such. But we wanted to create a platform that allowed people to connect from literally anywhere in the world, uh, whenever to compete against each other and allow the public to vote on their favorite submissions and to kind of just keep the competition uh, going. 
And then uh, what is your background now that uh, now did you develop the, the app yourself? Like you're a programmer? Yeah. Um, so I uh, started it off and built like the MVP, like all like the base code and everything like that. Um, and I actually I'd gone to Jamie Bestwick. Um, I went to Penn State and uh, and had heard that Jamie was interested in like, you know, like sort of like technology and stuff. So I built the app and went to him and uh, from there just kind of scaled it and worked with other programmers to get it to where it is today. Okay, look, uh, so you got some questions for me. You know, I'd, I'd love to kind of, um, you know, uh, kind of hear what are, what, you know, because I think from these questions that you have, they're probably uh, a lot to do with the, the dreaded and, and difficult idea of user base, right? And getting people on the platform. So, you know, I, I, I hit me, hit me with some of your thoughts and your questions as it relates to that. Sure. Um, so, Going back to like one of your podcasts, we were talking about like uh, SLS and like the beginning days. Um, I just kind of wanted to know like in more detail about how you got that initial audience and how you were able to get like a, a fan base that really appealed to investors and, and saw like there was like some kind of movement going like we need to make this into a product and and launch it. Let me skip that a little bit, right? Because we were able to build and launch Street League overnight because we signed all the best skateboarders in the world to exclusive contracts. We had an innovative scoring system. We put concrete urban plazas and arenas, and we didn't even have to raise money because we had DC and Monster and Microsoft and Chevy, all these companies come in and underwrite the entire business through sponsorship, right? Now, that's a serial entrepreneur that's a professional skateboarder and media celebrity that was able to and a sales guy yeah. and a vision right that was really able to to do it but you you had this big sort of unfair advantage one after another that's why it was so so i wouldn't say easy but why it was much smoother for someone like me to execute right but yeah. but something much more applicable is when we launched our svod right so we we decided you know after this fox deals and these espn deals that like and to our dismay how small the actual audience is for competitive professional skateboarding that we knew that there wasn't a huge opportunity to scale in the traditional way of, you know, eventually getting such a large mainstream audience and driving television rights money and getting bigger and bigger sponsorship dollars. We knew that we had basically hit a ceiling and that ceiling was small, very small. And so it was like, okay, we need to launch this SVOD, right? So here we are, I mean, we built an entire app an entire program with all this original content. We go from shooting four contests a year that are, you know, a day's worth of content to where we're going to be delivering, you know, a hundred different events in a year and all, all this different content. And we figured it's the same model. We know, um, you know, at the time we were getting 300,000 live viewers of every one of our events. We knew that like, boy, that's our target right there. Clear wow. as day. Like, so now we bring this SVOD, we make them pay a subscription. We have the same model as the, the professional skateboarding league. We got the best in the world doing the hardest tricks live on an app. We should be able to convert a huge portion of that audience and be the massive business. And we raised a ton of money. 
we raised a ton of money off that story. So now it went from like, okay, they built this professional skateboard league. Now they have this vision. They're transitioning to a media company. And we never converted more than than 10 or 12,000 people at once to be subscribers of that 300,000 and just couldn't. We just like the, the skateboarder and the skateboarding community just was not about it. You know what I mean? Like they really just did not want to spend the money to watch skate content when it's primarily for free on Instagram and video parts as it was. So, you know, I only say, especially when it comes to trying to put users on a platform, right? And the business model is... You know, because your business model is kind of, you know, it's only you only have a business model if you have millions of people on the platform. Right. right. And so for us as like, you know, even when we had our transition to like a freemium model, like, you know, we still at max had like, you know, 30, 40,000 people downloading the app. You know what I mean? And and to me, it's like, it's just that really, really difficult part. You know, I think even when, you know, I launched UltraCast in 2017, and that was a live VR platform in an app, right? And 360 video and, and VR, and we set cameras up all over the world. You could go into the app and like literally we called it explortainment where you could jump from like live camera to live camera and be in it full 360 all over the world. Incredible. Wow. That's so cool. But could not get any users, right? Because I think at the end of the day, like in order to put users on a platform, like your platform has to be viral. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's less about you, like, and it's more about you just have to get a couple people on it and then they, their friends join it, then they join it and that's what creates it. And to me, that only happens when, when the idea is big, like, you know, social medias and, and, and the different sort of social media ones that just kind of take on a life of their own when, when the, when their friends are on it and now they're interacting and being a part of it. And I just, you know, so to me, that's just something that I think, you know, you got to think about when you think about like how hard it is to put those bodies on. Right. And cause, cause how do you think about when you're, when you're considering going to put like trying to find uh, skaters and different people to be on it? How are you approaching your customer acquisition? Or user acquisition. Um, so we were actually working with a brand uh, in like the BMX industry. They were a bike manufacturer, and we pitched it to them as being able to have their riders connect with each other. Their pro riders uh, from all around the world because they have riders in Australia, you know, East Coast, West Coast, in the U.S. And uh, so we went from there, where we were going after like established brands that had a following, so that they could use this app to virtualize what they do for in-person contests um, and to appeal to their their audience and fans. And then ultimately it's still in concept, it's, you do one trick, it's 10 seconds long. And then every, each person does one trick and they kind of are in a single line that everybody's voting on what trick they think is the best. Yes. Yeah, so there's like a, how to join criteria. And then the contest itself is actually open for like only 24 hours because we wanted people to feel like that when they're recording in the app, that they're live and in front of a bunch of people. And it's not like the typical co like video contest where you get to edit things down. Like it's like you have one shot, you get to attempt, and you have a judge judge whoever has the the, the best trick. And then who's judging it? 
So you can assign that in the app. Um, we just had one where Jamie was a judge and uh, his vote like overrides everybody else's vote. Um, but the public, I mean, we still enable them to like vote on who they think did it the best. And it doesn't have to just be a trick. It can be whatever game or whatever criteria you want in the criteria video. And then everybody just follows suit. Yeah. And look, I'm, I think it's, it's interesting, but I think you jam yourself by trying to make it feel live too. You know what I mean? Like it makes all these sort of barriers to entry to scale the user base is like where it gets more and more difficult rather than it being the, the same concept. If it was, Hey, we're having a backflip contest on BMX and right. like put up your best backflip and then the user going to vote. And after a week, you know, it goes to the highest, then, then here's the winner. Right. So now then anybody could go out and do a crazy backflip and upload it and be a part of it. Like, you know, just in a sense of like letting the very best and especially in this, this world of TikTok, yeah. where it is this single trick based idea, right. Where, and then like anyone can participate and it doesn't, you could do a terrible backflip and get no votes, but you go out and do like a crazy one across like, you know, a Canyon. Then people are like, da, 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 like, you know, yeah. the cream will always rise to the top. Right. When you have, then if, then it becomes a, you know, people want to put their, their one-off tricks on the app to get the shine and see if they rise to the top and see the different challenges. And then people want to see all of them and vote to be like, Oh, that one's crazy. Oh, that's interesting. Right? Like is just when I think about how to streamline sort of the value proposition as something that sits next to a TikTok, a reel, but has a sort of more value in its own reason to have a platform because it's sort of challenged based vote based winners uh, where the very best rise to the top, you know, is, is just when I think about what would be a less friction uh, sort of aspect of the, the opportunity. Cause when you look at the, like what's the value proposition to the athletes or to the, the, the companies, when you look at the app, like why, why would athletes want to be a part of the app? Sure. Yeah. So, I mean, it's more of just improving like the current, like video contest system in the sense that, you know, it's more of a popularity contest out right now. So we are changing the game in which you can assign a, like a human judge and people can see, okay, uh, if it's a pro rider that's judging it, um, you know, their vote overrides everybody else's vote and it kind of makes it feel like more realistic. And it's also just the ability to be able to clip and record a video very quickly and upload into the app. We just focused on doing one thing like well and, and stuck to that. We, we didn't do like any like bells and whistles or anything like that. We just stuck with like the recording and uploading. Yeah, look, I mean, I, I'm... You know, I think um, I think there's something really interesting there in concept, right? Like, but I'm I'm I think by adding, trying to make it authentic to the sport, as opposed to sort of more uh, more broad by nature and more user generated content, along with user user generated uh, voting, you just jam it in into pockets. Right. Right. Because at the end of the day and, and, and niche it niches, right? Like where it's like you're the you gotta you're now 
like all the users can't kind of participate in everything. It'll be like the BMX guys were like, oh, like I'll be, a, I'll, I'll see the BMX contest, right? It just ends up like getting smaller and smaller and smaller versus if you created a concept that was, you know, essentially a, you know, when I think about it, it's like, you know, you know, the cream, cream rises to the top, right? The very best. And it could be literally anything. It could be best prom proposal, you know, best dad joke, like, yeah. you know, best, best ledge trick, you know, like you could end up best pool trick shot, best basketball trick shot, best dunk. Like if you, you know, best 360 windmill, like dunk, like you could just it. And the beauty of if you built the system like that, where it was essentially like come up with the best challenges and the best challenges would then go viral. Right. And then right. people would want to participate in them. Then people would want to vote on them. Then the very highest quality of content would rise to the top. And then the, the heroes would be those that win. Right. Yeah. Uh, just in the sense of where I see the potential in, in, in the idea that you have, um, but I think like the like making it about sports and authentic voting and 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 but you're just it just slowly becomes almost impossible to to ever get people onto the platform, right? Because right. the 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 pace of interacting with it'll be so long between getting competitions, you know, and 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 not saying that it won't work, you know what I mean? I don't I don't like to, um, you know shape like see a vision for another idea and somebody's idea and tell them their idea won't work i just think there's a lot of potential in sort of that concept of what you've created of the almost like gamifying tiktok level competitions um is is where something ha it feels big and has scale for everybody you know what does that make you think like when I take your idea and take it that far in no man's land? <laughs> no, I mean, I honestly, I like that. Any, any sort of new idea, I'm always open to just testing it out. I mean, that's kind of the beauty of being in the beginning stages is it, it gives us the ability to do that. Okay. Look, if you're open to it, right? Like when I, you know, had initially, you know, wanted to have you on here and just kind of give you, give you a chance to like, you know, talk about different, different uh, ideas and questions, you know, and I, I saw that your questions were really skate based, like user concepts. And I know how incredibly difficult that is, but as I really, you really got me with like this idea of making it these 10 second videos, and then it really locked in on like, man, what if it was just trick based right now? And then it was like, oh, wow. What if the trick goes beyond to like joke, pickup line, like, you know, like there's all these different things. And then it was, you became stars of who would make the funniest ones because they would get voted on and, and, and rise to the top. Very similar to like what happens in you know, in, in the TikToks and, and Instagram and different social medias, when you're just a regular content creator and your style allows you as a creator to go viral and get a following and create scale for you. Right. And, and I think that's the, the beauty of social media. And, and I think that, that you have potentially an idea inside here that goes a step beyond turning, you know? So if you're open to it, 
I would be open to sort of exploring potentially developing that together and spending the time to kind of look at like what, what that may look like. Um, you know, I, I have steered pretty clear from the app space because of how difficult it is to get users on there. Um, but I do think like there's just something super interesting about uh, trying to create this in this general way that I'm, I've laid it out. Um, and if you're open to it, I'd, I would love to potentially take some time to just sort of um, get to know you a little bit better and look at some constructs and look at like, hey, how could we potentially, you know, get to maybe an MVP or at least like um, some sort of quickly be able to see like how does this feel and does this feel like something that has the potential with the right amount of marketing awareness behind it that the content itself would be seamless enough to go viral unto itself because all the value in the app game is the user you know what i mean and and it's like you know the same way you could point it snapchat's revenue model and and anybody else and when you just have so many people that are on it you can figure out how to monetize it right i i think that's the 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 difficult part of it is ultimately how do you get people on it and the best ones they just they just eventually reach sort of a terminal velocity where then everybody has to be on it because everyone they know is on it and everybody talks about it. And that's what allows you to organically grow a user base, which I think there's potential uh, in something like this. If you're open to, to exploring it together in more of a general sort of aspect. Definitely. Like I'm 100% ready to work with you and, and, you know, explore that like kind of like more like general aspect of just kind of gamifying social media. Uh, we want nothing more. So ready for okay, good. Ready for you. So, <laughs> so look, this is probably not what you expected after the, 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 the shutdown. Um, <laughs> but you know, I can't promise you anything, but I, I just think it's super interesting you know, I, I, you know, for, for us, it's, it's this process, you know, I would look at, at you as, as, you know, since you're, you've never really ran a business or have the experience, right? Like it would really be all about like, you know, kind of getting that MVP of technology and then really finding the, the operators and people that have built businesses similar to, to be the, um, sort of the back end and the vision of how to ultimately turn this into, a viable business, right? I think w- without having that experience, it would be a difficult road. You know, I have started companies with c- people fresh out of college and people that quit college and it's extraordinarily difficult, right? In the sense of your, your depth of field is so narrow and you really learn how much you don't know about business after like uh, the third or fourth year in business, right? You're like, wow, like this is business. Like when your mind, it's like, all I got to do is make an app and people will get it. And then it's going to be so big. Right. But it's yeah. like, oh, wow, here's these 40 things I actually had to do to even just be able to talk to the customer the right way, you know, the potential user the right way. So that's sort of the the process um, that we kind of go through in our, our, our phases, especially in this sort of discovery phase. But Look, I, I, it's something I, I, I'd like to take a shot at with you outside of um, just letting the journey stop here on Build with Rob. So uh, if you're down for that, we'll connect afterwards and, and 
we'll see if we can't evolve the idea together a little bit further. Definitely. Well, thank you so much for the opportunity. And I'm really looking forward to building uh, whatever it's going to be called next. So, okay. Okay. I'll be in touch with you. Great. Appreciate your time today. All right. Rob and the rest of the team. This is Joey Atlas. I just finished a training session here at home on the sculpt to fit home gym system that I designed uh, maybe about 15 years ago, back when I had no money, just a vision and a reason for progressing my fitness and that of my clients in a different way. So I'm just halfway through listening to the podcast episode with Buscemi. Um, I've got the page pulled up here on Gear Deck Machine for submitting um, my submission. Got the video outlined, so I'm gonna what I call rough draft this. And if it works, I'm gonna send it. If not, I'll do it again. But if you're seeing this, that means I thought it worked. All right, that's all I've got for you. I think I'm. I gotta get a drink. I'm losing my voice. But if you're getting this, you got my contact info going in with the submission. I'm not camera shy, I've got a lot to say, I've got more, again, unscripted, unedited, unrehearsed, uncut. This is what I got for you. Reach out if you want more. Peace. Joey Atlas, welcome to Build with Rob. How you doing? Awesome, Rob. Thanks for having me. Man, you're looking fit, you're looking strong. I try every day, a little bit here, a little bit there. Hey, I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm thankful that you didn't, you didn't, you didn't come in fully shirtless, but you came in with a tank. You know what I mean? Like, are you the type of guy that will wear a tank top in the, in, in the middle of winter? No, no. I, I got to wear two hoodies in the winter. Okay. Okay. Uh, look for, for everybody listening, can you, can you just like rip through sort of a 60 second overview of sort of your business and the concept that you created, uh, just to kind of give everybody context? Yeah. So I'm an exercise physiologist by education, uh, private fitness and health coach. Uh, I've been in this industry since I was a little kid, did all the common stuff, the hardcore stuff, the heavyweight stuff, the hip programs, you name it. I did it over the years, used some of the stuff on clients and then you know, coming into middle age, you can see I'm, I'm no spring chicken. All right. I got some grays here in the goatee. Had to change up how we do all this stuff so that we get results without all the injuries, the agony and the endless hours in the gym. And by doing that, I had to develop my own methods and that required my own piece of equipment. So you can see over my shoulder, there's the, the complete home gym system there in the background. And that's really the the short version of the evolution of this story. Yeah, and look, I you got to know I'm someone that um, is deeply obsessed with his biomechanics. You know, I am not someone that is worried about being ripped and looking great. I am someone that is worried about the relationship between his muscular structure and his skeletal structure uh, because that affects your neurology, your fascia all of your nerves, all aspects of your functionality, both internally and externally. I'm also someone that has gotten full blood work done once a year for uh, the last uh, nine years, right? And to me, I really believe that the um, holistic approach to the complete functionality, I'm talking from your big toe to your, to, you know, your, your quadreus lumborum, uh, up to your upper trapeze, 
uh, to your pec minor, all the way up to your head. It's all interrelated and and how your body ultimately functions structurally will dictate how your body even deals with inflammation, digestion, all of these things um, that ultimately end up affecting how you feel from an energetic standpoint, right? right. So how you, how you end up living your life, the quality of your life. Yeah, and look, and I just want to tell you another thing, because I think you're blessed that you did have a father that was into physical fitness at a, in the 70s, as you say, before, uh, you know, I certainly didn't have that as, a, as an influence or an upbringing. And, and for me, you know, I am, to give you an idea, I gamify my discipline. So every day I track, did I get up at five? Did I brain train? Did I get in the gym? Did I have a clean diet? Uh, did I meditate? Uh, did I not drink? Right. And, um, so far this year, you know, I would say except of the entire year, I've done all those probably on average about 87%, right? So I'm extraordinarily disciplined. And part of that is going into a home gym every single day. And every single day I go into that gym and my three and four year old, and I say, I got to get in the gym. Why? They're like, cause you only got one body and you got to take care of it. Right. Yeah. And and, and just seeing you as a product of what your father instilled and how important it is and kind of seeing what it, you've evolved into it as a passion and ultimately why and how you want to help people, uh, I just really admire and connect with, right? So I know you had some questions about that in the video, but I thought I would give it to you in a more extreme depth because look, I, I even developed a technique using PDTR and NKT neurokinetic therapy that allows you to track uh, dysfunctional fi muscle firing patterns and and correct them, you know, and 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 that's been a journey unto itself. That even uh, developing a system that has zero compensation whatsoever that I can quantifiably test. I got too deep, Joey. I got too deep. I'd love to kind of hear, you know, it's not, it, despite this passion, it's still the product and the concept, you know, at first, you know, a $3,000 home gym that's really, really still based off of your personal training and walking somebody through using it. You know, it's, it's a problematic business, for us from, from how we look at it, you know what I mean? So I, I'd, I'd just be curious at like some of the questions you have or thoughts that as you're trying to build it, some insight I could help you with. Yeah. So first, thank you for allowing the opportunity for, for submitting the pitch in the first place. Uh, that was fun to do. And, you know, I figured this big piece of equipment at this price point might not fit, you know, the model. I have a few other ideas though, that I'm going to present to you in the future. Um, so for this, you know, the question is, um, as I move it forward, we've got several big platforms out there, of course, but, you know, knowing that the demographic is mostly middle-aged and beyond, if there was one platform to focus on in terms of reaching that audience and presenting them with certain content, what platform do you think that would or, or should be? And what type of content do you feel would be worthy of utilizing as paid content to get in front of the right people, which are my ultimate, you know, best buyers. Yeah. And, and look, I, I think it's a, simply it is testimonial content, right? And it is testimonial. It is, it is dropping this off at, at a bunch of people's houses and letting them go through the, the cycle and getting the results and sharing the results. And that being part of the, the, what you cut down and use to share. 
and, and I think it's it, so here ends up being the barrier, right? Like you'd like to compare yourself to Peloton, but essentially Peloton just scaled the spin class into your house, right? Extraordinarily expensive, incredibly difficult, but it is like having a spin instructor with you, right? So I think that's a, a difficult business model versus like, is there a group training program that like for everybody that has the machine, then it's, then you can do a live session that they can do on their computer in their living room type of thing. But scaling you is going to be the difficulty trying to combine the technology side um, versus just being a hardware play, right? Like to me, like, especially if you branded your gym into here's the value proposition, you, you get, you know, holistic functionality and the relationship between your fascia and bones and, and muscles and the way the technique and your mobility, all these things actually keep you pain free and give you a longer, healthier, happier life. Like, and here's my, uh, home gym system that for 30 minutes a day, if you do these 10 exercises, here's all the benefits you're going to get. I, I think there's a world where you can create the, storytelling and the value proposition of what you created in a much more streamlined way that then you go create content of letting people do that 30 minutes a day with these core 15 exercises, 10 exercises and pull you out of being the trainer, right? Cause right now you've kind of like, you've put it in the middle, which you're not scalable, right? And even if you do try to go to a tech side of, of scaling sort of live, training sessions and all this, you, you probably know how difficult that is from a customer acquisition standpoint, right? So it, it's like, e even though I know that it seems from your, that you've, you've found some success if you're, you know, spending, you know, seven G's and making, making 20 on it, that's pretty good ROAS, as we like to say in the business return on ad spend. But you know, that when I think about how to create something of value. Like it's, it's making the like clarity on what it delivers for you, what the output is, why it's different and how easy it is to do in this space. Yeah. Like, and then it's hardware versus software and subscription, but 3000 is expensive. Yeah. Know? Yeah. I mean, so I've already sold 50 of them. I've got 50 people in the world. with One of those units now, one of those systems, uh, already getting testimonial videos. Uh, I'm going to script out a few more so they know what to say and what to present. And I am going to start using their stories as the content to promote to the other people like them that are still looking for something like this. You know, yeah. the, the typical buyers, they've, they basically got rid of their Bowflexes or their total gyms. And a bunch of them have Pelotons. They said, you know, Peloton is great for our cardio, but we needed this thing for all the other aspects of fitness because cardio is only one element, one ingredient. We needed the strength. We needed the metabolism boosting. We needed the bone density building. We need the mobility. Uh, we need the toning and the fat burning. And so now they have the whole package. So I'm working on gathering enough of those stories so that I have a, a little library of content to start promoting and, and building up out there to get in front of the right audience. But, but even like bone density and, and these other, like it's forget Peloton's not your competition no, ages, no. ages. Right. And it's like, how do you like, 
it, how do you have like like a handful of these things that you just mentioned packaged into like this is the brand right because because even even the concept of sculpt fit it still feels like like i'm trying to get ripped you know what i mean versus like like this is actually you know it, it where where what what's most valuable about what you're creating is you're saying here's the five things that basically happens to you as you age this machine is going to help prevent those from happening and in turn, you're going to live a higher quality of life because of it. And and it's like the clearer you can define that and tie it back to the machine, then it's then it's just your demographic talking to each other. Oh, it 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 builds bone density and muscle mass and those things, and these and and bone density makes your muscles weaker. You know, I don't, I'm not speaking facts to any of this stuff. I don't I don't know what it is exactly, but it's it's tying that simple message to where like they tell their friends, "Oh, you got to get this," right? And look what it's doing for me. I just feel much better. It, it's that sort of messaging because I think you can have a business in the in the hardware side. Um, and, and, you know, not saying that the, the, the price point, what does it cost you to make one right now? It's about 1600 per unit. Yeah. So it's pre- pretty expensive. And I think even at scale, you know, you could drive that down a little bit, but it's still, it's still difficult. And, and perhaps there's the, the, the way that you build it is sort of the core unit, then like different ex- additional exercises, the bands, the different, all different sort of things can be sort of add-ons, mats, different things that you, you can scale. So when you sell, you know, you, you know, one unit to somebody like you now have this sort of, uh, other things that connect with it, that can create more lifetime value in that, that particular con- consumer. But you know that that's just how I think that I would I would approach it if I was you to more clearly defined like beyond your unique design and sort of what it does. But what are those key five things that nobody else thinks about? Right. The benefit. Yeah, and and here's what it does because if you don't do it, this is what happens. And then the output is extraordinary life, more healthy, healthier, and happier type of thing. You know. I do wish you the best of luck, man. I um, appreciate even connecting with you. I loved your video. Um, you know, you're inspiring. And look, uh, health is, is is wealth, you know. And and just know that your boy Rob uh, is very dedicated to making sure that he is functioning both inside and out. I got man. you. If you ever need extra help, you know where to, to reach me. And I've got some healthy snack ideas I'm going to be pitching to you guys. All right. I look forward to seeing it. There's a difference between motivating and inspiring. I'm here to inspire. I bring to you the Odyssey Collection, Life Connoisseur. Spencer Galbraith, welcome to Build with Rob. How you doing? Good, my brother. How you doing? 
Uh, really good. You know, before we kick off here, could you, I'd, I'd love to hear sort of a 60 second pitch about what your concept is that is Life Connoisseur. You know? I mean, the quick pitch is, you know, for me, Life Connoisseur is all about um, the connoisseurs of life. You know, people are wine, food, cigars, golfing. So it's really just embracing that thing that you like to do, that you're good at, that it's natural. And it's just you. It's authentic. It's not something that you're trying to do or not do. You're just a connoisseur of whatever it is that you love. So if you're a foodie or a cigar connoisseur, you're a connoisseur. So you know your cigars, you know your wine. So for me, coming up with it's just simple. Less is more. You're a connoisseur of life. Life connoisseur. Okay, look, look, less is more with my guy here. You know what I mean? This man sent me a 55-second video of smoking cigars and just like, I'm not here to motivate. Yeah. I am here to inspire. Yeah. And and it's like I was inspired. This man, it was a fifty-five second. Vi- I don't. I'm not even sure what the business was. I just. Assume, but I guess it's like a clothing business. Uh, and and but it was like, man, I'm in, like, I really was like, tell me more. What is a life? Because I connected with it, right? I connected with the idea of like, man, like you are your own version uh, of life connoisseur based off of what you actually enjoy and love, right? Like I actually like in 55 seconds of you smoking cigars and not telling me a single thing about business. I was like, man, this is interesting, right? Cause I, I really looked at you as like, man, this is, if you're going to make this and send this to me, like you ultimately should be the vehicle of content and you should be that all that content should be inspiring and like, you know, be a connoisseur of life and hear Like I just picture almost the same music, all these different things. And you just firing off like inspirational quotes to people to be like, ah, yeah. Uh, but at the end of the day, like what, what's your business? You know what I mean? Like, how do you, how do you anticipate building something that, and where does the revenue come from primarily as you see? Yeah. It? I mean, the focus with the clothing brand, it's a clothing brand. So yeah. it's just day-by-day day organic. You know, it's not one of my main things. You know, as you know, being an entrepreneur, you wear many hats, you got your hands in different projects. So this was kind of a baby project that I've been kicking around for the last three or four years. And during COVID, that's when I said, you know what, man, screw it. Put my own money into it and just do it and put it out there, see what happens. So yeah. really the focus is crew necks, hoodies, hoodies with no jawstring. So mm-hmm. that's mainly the, the model and the focus of the line which is kind of modeled after me and what I wear daily. T-shirts, hoodies, fresh shoes, and, and go. You know, don't get caught up in too much of, oh, I got to wear this and wear that and tuck my shirt in. No, let's keep it less is more. So it goes back to that. Yeah, approach. yeah. And so then where did you, that now did you go out and print a bunch of stuff? You sell it online? Like, where do you sell it right yeah, now? Yeah, it's online right now. Um, I have a fulfillment team based in Orange County that handles all the fulfillment. As far as when they order, it goes out. I pay for shelving space. So it's like, you know, getting my feet into this fashion world. You know, my background is music marketing. Um, so I got into this just as a little fun thing to do. I like fashion. Everybody likes fashion. But I'm like, hmm, let me do something a little different, which is, you know, the organic cotton material, whereas it feels different, the texture. And so far, the response has been good. People love it. Yeah. And, and so what do you, what do you got for me? What, what, are, your, what are your questions on, on how, can, how can I give you some insight from... A man that's been all over the clothing game. Um, first question. When you're looking to secure funding, is it best to go after the hedge funds or try to do it privately? Yeah, look, I, I think for something like this, it's always like high net worth individuals, right? Yeah. Like 
you want to convince somebody that you have something special that's beyond just a return on their investment, right? The higher up the sophistication goes into sort of the capital world beyond high net worth individuals or, or family and friends type of vibe. Like it just gets it. They, they, they are going to get a lot tighter as it relates to what they need to see from a potential return on investment. But it is why everybody invests right at the end of the day, they, they want to look at you and be like, okay, here's your concept. Then they want to see how that concept turns into revenue and how that revenue turns into profitability and how that profitability either turns into value where someone would buy this clothing company, or they could split a dividend based off of, uh, the company being private company. Right. So you know, look, I uh, private and profitable. So to me, I think you're you're going to want to create a unique story with content. I think you be the hero of this and be like, it's going to be uh, uh, about um, living, enjoying your life, right? And and become sort of a connoisseur of your life. And I'm going to create all this content to inspire people and drive them, and then build you know, apparel that connects with people living their own way, selling you as the, 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 the lead and sort of the face of pushing it and how you're going to build it all. And then I think you got to either like come up with a target audience and how you're going to do online advertising and digital marketing to try to convert them to being a part of that community or influencer. You have people in the music industry or other relationships that you can get connected to have them, push it because at the end of the day, whoever it is, you know, they're just going to want to see this much more clear path of how they're going to get some sort of return on their investment. But I think you always are going to want to go for private money. You know? Sure. Sure. Well, thank you. That's why I'm here, you know, from one entrepreneur to the next to really yeah. dive a little deeper into it to see which route or navigation would be the best instead of just wasting money or throwing money until I get to that step with these guys. Yeah. Uh, second question. Um, when growing the business, how do you know when to scale or some of the key driving factors in scale? When you're growing a business, there's sort of this, you know, we call it product market fit where, you know, you're trying to figure out the consumer and, and, you know, do they like the hit on the chest or they, do they like it all across it? Do they like the no hoodie hoodie with no strings or do they like the crew neck? Do they like hats? Do they like, you know, like you end up being, and then like, Oh, I thought my, my demo was going to be uh, 18 to 25 year old males, but it actually is like 28 to 35 year old females. Like they love, you know, like you shape your way into understanding who the consumer consumer is. And now you're getting that consistency and it becomes clear how you can scale it. Then you're like, okay, I've got this many consumers that are this person that are buying this much. If I now add now cut and sew button ups and do new era hats, whatever, now that's, I'm going to scale horizontally. And then it's like, okay, if I spend that money on bigger influencers and, and, and somebody that can get me a ton of earned media, uh, then I can scale that way. Or, you know, you go to a local retailer and now you're scaling into retail. I think, I think it is ultimately dictated by how soon you fully understand who your consumer is, 
um, what they like to buy the most and how much they'll pay for it, right? I think all of those things kind of form as you've launched a business and then it's clear kind of where you can scale and then you go for it, you know, and, yeah. and, and, you know, look, I think it's possible, man, the life connoisseur. I think you lean into yourself, man. I, I, I gotta tell you, so it's one of the best pitch videos we've gotten it <laughs> is, is literally, just a, a man and his cigars living life to the fullest for 55 seconds. So I mean, again, that's what I'm about sometimes. <laughs> hey, hey, simplicity, man. It worked, man. And we're here. Yeah. So, so look, Thank I wish you. you, wish you the absolute best of luck with it. And, and, uh, you know, hopefully people listen to this and see this and, and they connect with it the same way I did and go pick up some t-shirts. Sure. I got to get you some too. I'll reach out to your team and get you some stuff. All right. Look forward to it, man. All the best. Be good. All right, there you have it, man. A lot of amazing, aspiring doer dyers. Hi, man, I just, I enjoy it every single time. Always unexpected and interesting. I love connecting with fellow entrepreneurs and just ideating, sharing insight, man. It's just uh, something that I just absolutely love to do. Okay, that is it for the show. As always, you know, you, you subscribe to us on YouTube backslash Deer Deck Machine. Of course, follow us wherever you are listening to this podcast. And of course, join us and become a machinist. You know, be a part of this process, the machine method. Uh, have a chance to win product and influence the decisions that we make. Uh, when we are creating companies, that's what machinists do. Of course, you can go to DeerDickMachine.com and sign up to do that uh, and, and pitch us. If you believe you got a great idea, uh, you can also pitch us on the website. Uh, but as always, you know, it, it's on you to have that vision. It's on you to give it all you got. It's on you to be the person to bring it alive. See it, believe it, do it. Until next time.